you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's give Paul a call. Dead Skull Abrahamian. It's our guest today. Oh, yo. What's up, buddy? (laughs) Nothing much, man. Just setting this up here, making sure your audio is good. How do you have your phone? Are you you on like speaker? Are you headphones or how are you doing it? I mean, do you want me to put headphones on? I'm on speaker right now, but I could put headphones on. No, that how you have it right now is good. So, sounds oh, okay, perfect. Okay, good. Yeah. So, what's good with you, man? You know, I I love. So, I busted. I even when I have conversations with you, I like to be able because we get into some stuff sometimes, and then we're not sure if what we're saying is right or not. You know, sometimes it's like armchair expert type deal <laughs> so i busted out the laptop just to make sure that we we get everything well, just so we could get some fact checks going yeah like so for example uh, you know I, I everybody drinks now i want to say everybody a lot of people drink coffee in the morning right say yeah a lot of people drink coffee and then i was sitting at my computer i'm drinking coffee and i'm like man i gotta take a shit right and i'm like god why does that – oh, sorry. Uh, from here on forward, there may be other curse words in the podcast. Anybody that's listening, if you have young children, use discretion. Okay. Now, yeah, you're talking with me. So definitely tell your kids to put your kids away. Put them in a closet. <laughs> I don't know. Hide <laughs> them. Um, so then I was like, man, why, why does coffee make me poop? So then I look it up. And I guess caffeine activates your colon 60% more than water does. Right. Yeah. And then so it creates these contractions and then it pushes everything down to your rectum and then you have to poop. I didn't know that. I just like. I think cigarettes do the same thing. Like Um, the nicotine? Yeah. Nicotine and cigarettes apparently make you poop too, but I don't know why. So, and this is exactly why I pull this up. The laxative <laughs> effect. Here we go. This type of laxative is known as a stimulant laxative. stimulates contractions of stool. Many people feel nicotine and other common stimulants like caffeine have a similar effect on the bowels, causing an acceleration of bowel movements. I mean, that's not, there's not much science in that. But, I mean, I guess, uh, as you have seen, nicotine has a stimulating effect on intestinal transit and helps bowel movements. Uh, it helps bowel movements. 
Yeah, it does. And also, when you stop, you could see a decline, a gradual decline during the first two, one to two months of quitting. So, I mean, does that mean you'll get constipated? I don't know. But... Damn. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I bet there was a time where people went to the doctor and they're like, yo, dude, I can't shit. And the doctor was smoking a cigarette and he was like, start smoking cigarettes. You know, it's crazy because if you look at those old, uh, if you see the old ads for that stuff, dude, they were handing those out like popsicles, like at the doctor's office. Like lollipops. That shit was like a common restaurants, movie theaters. (laughs) Fucking, if you weren't smoking a cigarette, you were unpatriotic. You were not American. Dude, Lucky Strike cigarettes were so embedded in the American system. Like, you know, the military, fucking politics, American pride all revolved around smoking Lucky Strike cigarettes, which were like bullet unfiltered. just <laughs> Straight rat poison. Dude, straight poison. Like, And they're like, ah, you're fine, dude. Dude, it's and good. I, I, you could pull up some old like tobacco commercials. And they were like weirdly saying how it's like good for you. It's awesome. It, it's and also like in his time, like the Marlboro Man, right? Marlboro. Oh, the <laughs> bro. I'm obsessed with Marlboro branding because it's genius. So you've seen me wear all those old Marlboro shirts, yeah. or like the bags and shit. Yeah. So I collect them. But what's genius about that marketing is like, dude. First of all. If you weren't smoking Marlboros, you were a fucking pussy. Like, just <laughs> off the jump. If you ain't smoking Marlboros, you're just... The coo- you're, he's, he was the coolest guy. He's a cowboy, you know? Yeah, you got to be the Marlboro man. But the kicker is, in order to get all that merch, like, you had to smoke, like, fucking 40 cartons of cigarettes to get, like, a t-shirt. Oh, or, they didn't like, sell it. They didn't sell it. No, it was purely promotional. And you had to send in, like, stubs of your cigarettes. But by the time you fucking had enough stubs, you already had, like, stage two lung cancer. (laughs) That's so (laughs) bad. Oh, well, here's your duffel bag. Oh, my God. And, you know, it's like they were doing what Box Tops does for kids now. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, yeah, I think Box Tops got their idea from marlboro <laughs> that's just so i you know and i think about that and then that that makes you think about like cocaine right how cocaine was also just a prescription drug oh you're you need uh you, you're a little low on energy and uh, okay or maybe try this powder here you Bro, just snort not that, even or that. so you know my curio and i collect all that old pharmacy shit so yeah I actually got into that from the oddities and I started studying pharmaceutical history, particularly in America, but also like all over the world mm-hmm. and cocaine. But you want to talk about handing shit out like popsicles. They were fucking giving cocaine out like like it was candy, dude. <laughs> Sigmund Freud actually was one of the biggest promoters of cocaine. And he's also the one who like founded our fucking medical system our entire like he created like the doctorate system oh my gosh that's insane yeah and he was high on cocaine (laughs) when he was fucking making it so (laughs) you have all these doctors working like all these undergrad not undergrad like pre dot i don't fucking know whatever my sister the guys in like like, in the residencies and stuff residency yeah bro they're doing like 30 hour shifts yeah and the rate of car accidents from doctors going to and from work 
those pre-doctors are so high because they're exhausted. Mm -hmm. They're crashing from exhaustion because of a program that was made by a dude that was high on cocaine (laughs) all the time. (laughs) And he actually thought that you could cure opiate addiction, which was a big problem back then because they thought opiate was fucking great, Mm -hmm. uh, with cocaine. So he was getting clients who were just like heroin addicts. And he's like, dude, I got the perfect thing for you. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> let me just let me get you off of this uh, this this petty stuff that you got going on over here. Here's here's the good stuff. And that'll get you off. No, of your this drug. was the cure, bro. And they would put it in. I have these containers that were like cocaine eye droplets, cocaine throat cocaine droplets. Like eye droplets, eye droplets, bro. Or if you had a sore throat. They would make these um, like mints that was like menthol, borax, and cocaine. <laughs> Those are the three ingredients in it. And it's like, ah, this will help your throat. Yeah, you don't feel your throat. The line <laughs> of your throat is gone. That's why. Yeah, you could probably eat a freaking watermelon whole right now. <laughs> your throat is just <laughs> – you don't feel Dude. anything. Far, not to get all like crazy, but like pharmaceutical history in America is fucked up. Why we have such a huge opiate problem in America is because they were giving fucking opium to two-year-olds yeah, in that's like insane. the 20s, the 10s, the 30s, the 40s, all the way up until the 60s. Uh, there was this medicine called paragoric where the main ingredient was opium and it was prescribed to children under the age of two for what? all the way to the age of 10 and even adults they were giving over the counter by the way not like not like prescription, prescription. no yeah, way like, oh, what was the what, yeah, bro. what was it like what what are they prescribing this for just for pain uh um, like it's a, like stomach a- pain Stomach pain, digestional uh, tract issues. Wow. I mean, all sorts of shit. Like, they would pretty much craft anything and then put the drug in it and say that it aided with it. So let's say if you were having uh, stomach issues, they also had cocaine soda. And Coca-Cola actually first started as that, as like an intestinal relief medicine, which is why they say Coca-Cola had bits of cocaine in it in the beginning, because it did. But there was also cocaine tonics. There were Mm. other brands that were not Coca-Cola. And it was straight up like fizzy water and cocaine to help (laughs) your digestional issues. Oh, man, that's so crazy to think that that's just not. And then that makes you think of like those those, uh, traveling salesmen that have elixirs that could just be straight up drugs in a bottle, right? But that's that's what it was. It just makes you feel good and then they leave, you know, and then you get it. That was called quack medicine. So it was literally, bro, there was quack medicine. I had these butt plugs. That, <laughs> and I'm not joking, bro. Wait. I mean, they're not, they weren't butt plugs. They were like uh, orifice dilators, but like they look like butt plugs, right? And I shit you not, bro. It was from like 1908. Oh my and gosh. dead ass, it was used to cure like mania and like, like if you were psychotic. This was used. They were like, "Yo, if you were crazy or or, or showing symptoms of Sit like on this. mania or psychoticism, put this in your ass, oh and it's gosh. going to help you." Get and like, out of here. And you know, I wonder because we look at all these things and we're like, "Oh, how stupid!" They were giving cocaine to two year olds, 
But then I wonder a hundred years from now, they're going to look back and be like, yeah, <laughs> probably shouldn't have done all that either. Oh, like, they, I wonder uh, what the you, fuck we're doing now. Oh, maybe we're uh, gonna be looking- radiation for uh, cancer treatment, maybe something like that. <laughs> yeah or jewels <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> they're like oh remember when we thought vapor was a better idea <laughs> actually actually those worse. really messed everybody up yes yeah for the longest time i was telling nicole you know i like our bed sheets but i want something better right like she had one like down comforter is that what it's called or like i think it's called duvet cover yeah like a duvet cover she had one and it wasn't big enough it was like a small one that she had on her own um and it was all right but i wanted something for our bed we have a king size bed i wanted something big that's real comfortable but when i was looking around everything that's out there is so expensive like the the expensive brand like luxury brands like i'm like man i don't know if i want to spend that much money and then i came across brooke linen right so let me tell you about them real quick they started in 2014 it was a husband and wife duo rich and vicky and they wanted to make beautiful home essentials that don't cost an arm and a leg ding 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 that's what i wanted right so today their mission is to make you comfortable so they were the first direct to customer bedding company right so they work directly with the manufacturer and directly with the customers no middleman which is just basically you're getting a great luxury product that doesn't cost an arm and a leg right and so you can bundle sheets and bedding and you can save more so it'll include like a duvet cover core sheets extra pillows and now it's awesome because I have it on the bed and I don't know about you guys, but one of the best feelings is when I am done with a long day, I hop out of the shower and then I just cuddle in to the bed. And now that I'm by myself, I cuddle the heck out of these Brooklinen sheets and they're so freaking comfortable. And if you don't believe me, there's over 50,000 five-star reviews, right? And counting, okay? So Brooklinen sheets are the perfect place to start making your mornings great. Brooklinen is so confident in their product that they're that all their bedding comes with a lifetime warranty. I mean, come on. Have you ever heard with bedding with lifetime warranty? No. Get 10% off your first order and free shipping when you use promo code COCO, C-O-C-O, only at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. It's crazy to think that stuff, um, but it's also good to reflect on that stuff because a lot of people don't know that. I mean, a lot of stuff you just told me I didn't know. I have like a vague idea of, right? It's just... The heroin crisis in America is quite literally the fault of pharmaceutical America, which is why I always say pharmaceutical America is evil. Why I'm very like, ah, medicine kind of freaks me out. And I know that sounds a little like fucking tinfoil hattie, but studying the history of pharmaceutical America and seeing what the fuck these drugs do to people generationally, not just like, oh, I'm going to take some opium. It's fine. No, it's I'm going to take some opium and then I'm giving it to this kid and then I'm having a kid who has opium in their system. Yeah. And then when they grow up and they stop getting this medicine, uh, they turn into heroin addicts because that's quite often what happens. Well, and, it, and it's also – I think the, the biggest problem that I have with the way the, the system is designed and I guess – 
the entire system that we live in is it's all based on money, right? So you know you can yeah, you can have America. yeah you can have the best quite literally the best uh, medicine that there is to cure whatever it is. Let's say you have a cure for cancer, right? Like a specific type of cancer, it has no side effects and it'll cure you one hundred percent. But if you don't have the funding to get the FDA to go and actually review your drug like quickly and in a timely manner or you know or another bigger company that's selling other things that are more expensive than your drug right that makes them a lot of money they can you know I've heard of them paying the FDA not to approve your drug you know what I mean 100% or (laughs) or to write like skewed research papers to like make your thing fucked up which is scary because that meddles into our medicine, right? And exactly. Like, it's it, it it's all money fueled, bro. Like, how do you trust? How do you trust a corporation? That's why I say pharmaceutical, the FDA, all those motherfuckers, they're evil, bro. Like, it, I don't know. It's no, and it's because I was watching a documentary. It was just that there was this one doctor. I think he was in Texas or something. He had this revolutionary way to cure a specific type of cancer, and he couldn't get the FDA to back him. And what they do with people like that is you can only use him is if you're if that's your last resort, right? Absolute last resort, almost like a research study type deal. And the like for example, one of the kids, he had already gone through chemo, did all the other treatments, and then he went to this guy, got cured for his cancer that he had, but the chemo wow. killed him. He ended up dying because of the other treatments that he had. Right. Wow. So it and and then it was like, yeah. But then you also have to be in the state that he's in to get the medicine that he's giving you, right? So if you're from another state, you'd have to like fly in over there to go get your stuff to then fly back home. Which for a lot of people, that's not very feasible. You know what I mean? So right. That that's that's like the the way they get you, right? Oh yeah, you can use this guy, but you have to try every other medicine that's out there that's approved by the FDA before you can go to this guy as your last resort. Right, and it's like I don't want to do that. You died from something that was approved by the FDA. Yeah, it's like what the heck? It's my body. You can't tell me what I can and can't do to it, right? Like, oh, because the FDA doesn't approve, it doesn't mean I can't. You know what I mean? Like that—that's what pisses well, me take, off. To take that argument a step further is that you know you don't have the right to anything in your body. You know, first, let's start first uh, the right to die. Um, I'm a huge advocate of physician-assisted. Um, I guess it's called. Uh, euthanization right yeah but physician assisted suicide um dr jack kevorkian who actually got to meet before he died which was fucking hype a he's armenian mm-hmm. b um he went by dr death i'm pretty sure you've heard of this guy i he, i have i have heard of him I, I watched a documentary about him i guess the the only thing that i know from him is that the his his uh guidelines to doing these assisted deaths is you're you're gonna die anyway and you're in yeah. pain while you're dying, right? So these people are in pain and they're about to die. A lot of times they're really old um, and it's like they just want to end the suffering, right? And he does it in a peaceful way. Bro, and what was amazing is like he took that stance on live TV. Like he fucking euthanized someone on live television on That's fucking crazy. 60 seconds that is or 60 crazy. minutes, whatever that thing is. Yeah, and, 60 minutes, uh, yep. And then he got arrested after. And he was like, yo, fuck y'all. And we just started getting certain states in America that let you let you euthanize. But like, dude, imagine you have some debilitating fucking disease mm-hmm. where you are in crippling pain every day and there's no cure for you. Like you're gonna die. Yeah. Like count count your hedges, you're fucking dying. Mm-hmm. And our government basically says it where like, yeah, well, you just gotta 
suffer or get pumped full of the drugs that we're going to prescribe to you and make money off of. But you can't die. What the fuck? Yeah. How how are you going to tell me that I can't die? Like, and there are so many like people that are like, yo, I'm fucking like everything hurts. My existing hurts. Yeah. I want to stop being in pain. And it's crazy that they can dictate that um, and refuse to give you like a peaceful option to die. It's, It's very like. I think it's uh, dark. It's dark. Humiliating, bro. It's 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 disrespectful. It's dark. It's dark. And not only that. Okay, so that's one thing. You don't have the right to die uh-huh. in America, really, at most parts of the world, which is fucked up. And B, um, you know how I collect human bones, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we've talked about that. Yeah, uh, you actually can't give your human remains to someone. Which I think is fucked up too. Like, bro, if I'm dying, I want my skull to be, like, given to my friends, my family. I don't know, someone. I want my, it's my shtick. I want my skull to be prepped and, like, used as, like, a fucking altar piece or something, bro. Like, put it in your room. Like, blow weed smoke (laughs) into my eye. Watch a movie. Fucking tap me on the head. I don't know. Like, involve me. You know, like, I'd rather, I'd rather that. Then be put in the fucking ground or bullshit. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I know. So I, I agree. You with can't you. do that. I can't do that. I can't be like you. Know, Wait, after is it I like die, legally? You... It doesn't. They, they don't let. Like, how about like? So you can either be cremated and put in a thing, or buried. Or oh, you're buried, but there's no I other option. There's no other fucking option, bro. And it's like, uh, why, bro? This is mine. Like, this is quite literally mine. But they're like, ah, actually, no, it's not, and you can't do anything with it. That's weird. So they I didn't own know that. your body, bro. The government owns your body in the sense that you literally, it's like, eh, well, you're either doing this or this with it. You can't do anything else. And that's fucked. And there was actually one of the, so this guy made his way into like this little ring of dudes that collect human bones, you know, my little, uh-huh. yep. there's like a little community of dudes that, and ladies that do it. And he's like, hey, so I'm dying. I have an incurable cancer and I'm like stage four. And he's like, I would love it if one of you guys like turned my skull into like an art piece kind of situation and had it like, like it was cool. He's like, I don't really have family. And like, I've I've been researching this community and, you know, I kind of want this. And that's where I learned that you can't because everybody was like, "Uh, sorry, buddy, you're out of luck. Like you literally literally can't like, and it was, it was kind of sweet weirdly morbid but sweet that the guy was like hey like that he i want yeah i want my remains to be appreciated i never really had family like you guys are so passionate about the work you do i would love it if it ended up amongst some of your collection and i'm like yo that's kind of fucking cool but also like morbid that you can think to that yeah that is crazy in this time of COVID, right, where we're all inside the house and we're not able to do the normal things that we've normally been accustomed to doing, which now, honestly, we take for granted that we were able to do, uh, it's really hard to feel like you can achieve the goals that you had set for yourself. Um, a lot of uh, people that I've talked to and, and professionals say that, you know, it's really hurting people's mental health. And that's why I wanted to share with you guys better help, right? They have licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, anger, everything. I mean, they cover a multitude of everything. And BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if 
needed, right? The good thing about BetterHelp too is you don't have to sit in a waiting room. You can do this from your house, right? It's all confidential. Uh, anything you say, obviously, or share with them, it's convenient, professional, it's affordable. I will say this is not a crisis hotline, but this will help you, right? If you have, and you, you, you're going to have the time, right? You make your own schedule. You decide when you want to do this. And in fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states, right? So this works. People are using it. And you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their website. If you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash Coco. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Coco. There is a facility funded by the government where you as a person can donate your body after you're deceased Oh, body farms. Yep, and then they they'll they'll lay the they'll lay the body. They they have this huge facility. I mean, hundreds of acres. <laughs> Bro, it's so fucking weird. And, body farms are so weird. And and basically, what they do is uh, they'll put you know they'll bury you one foot, two foot, fifteen feet underground, put you under a tree, leave you in the sun, and they'll see how the body decomposes. So yep. they get this data. So let's say somebody here in Michigan, you know, is found in a field, you know, under yep. X conditions, they and say oh he's been dead for this long you know what i mean so um a lot of bones actually come from body farms as well oh really they dispose of these bones yeah they dispose of them and they really have no use for them after they've finished their research or a lot of people get like i know people who get um some medical specimens all without a license straight from body farms um as disposable medical waste and um, a lot of people don't know that this shit. It's a it's a, world. it's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother world. It's a whole nother world. Yeah, yeah, the medical world, or even like medical like usage of human remains. Like they don't. People think that collecting human bones is disrespectful, but when they see like the other options that happen to human remains, I personally don't think it's disrespectful at all. I think it's more disrespectful when. Let's say you donate your body to science. You get some fucking hungover medical students sawing into your fucking head. <laughs> yeah. And taking some notes. And then he chucks it into a trash can. Like, what? There was a comedian that said this, like, I don't want to be donated to, like, and he said just that, that hungover student that gets an F on my body because he, he did yeah, something bro. wrong. <laughs> and, I, and then, look, like, these, I get it. These people donated their body to science, and a lot of the medical specimens that I have are or antique medical skulls that were mm -hmm. prepped for teaching and studying. And, you know, I still get shit where people are like, that is insanely unethical and fucked up that you own this and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, dude, this was going to go in the trash. Yeah. Or like be fucking lost or, or it could be like appreciated, studied. Like I look at these things and I learn from them and I fucking teach people. Like it is continuing its purpose as a just because I'm not a fucking facility, well, you like know a what it is. Facility? I'll tell you what it is. It's it's perception versus reality. The perception is you're in a dark room with a bunch of lit candles doing some satanic ritual, right? While licking these skulls and like pouring goat, goat blood on it. But the reality <laughs> is, you know what I mean? Like that that's the perception that people have. But the reality yeah. is, you know, it's preparing them and and really appreciating what it is, where it came from, knowing the history behind it, and. 
actually, the more history, I think you've told me this before, the more history that comes with something like that, the more appreciated it is because you know where it came from, the history behind it, that person, that thing, you know, like wherever you got that or from the hospital that you got it from, what it was used for, you know what I mean? So Right, right, right. It's actually, I mean, just to make a note of it, you will never know who the person actually was. That information is actually... Uh, legally protected so oh, no way so like a hipaa type let's thing say, yeah let's say you do donate your body to science right uh-huh. um, when your body shows up in the school morgue whatever you're just a toe tag you're just a number you're not a name you're not a person you're not oh, nothing i didn't know that. yeah so it protects the privacy of the patient it protects the privacy of the person donating their body so by the t- i mean surely when it gets to me no fucking clue but even when it gets to the school you have no fucking clue who this person is like you and i think that's better yeah um even even with bone collecting a lot of uh, a lot of questions i get well whose skull is that like i don't know do you know whose skull it is you know and it's like i don't a and b i think it's it'll be kind of fucked up if i knew exactly whose skull that was <laughs> and like i just had it you know yeah unless it's like a friend right yeah it's like oh it's my homie jeff yeah <laughs> but like if it's just a stranger it's like oh this is this lady from like wisconsin from the it's like why the fuck do you have this can, lady's can skull? you can you know like the era or the time that it came from sure yes but that's entirely upon you as i guess the collector so when things come okay. to me yeah i use my own like telltale i guess signs to identify like bro before i started bone collecting i did not know fucking anything absolutely like, like anybody else nothing. that doesn't and know now, anything about anything that they start yeah <laughs> and now i have like a pretty basic knowledge of a forensic anthropology B, like, like pathology of human beings. C, anthropology, archaeology, osteology. Like, I learned all this shit. Uh, all the ologies. <laughs> all the ologies, bro, from fucking bone collecting. And when I get a, if I see a skull or if I see bones, like, typically I can identify, like, the gender, the ethnicity. Um, also, even, like, what materials were around when this person was deceased or if the bones were submerged in like soil or, or if there was copper in the soil hmm. or why they turned a certain color, Interesting. Um, how old it is. Yeah. So even just the texture of the bone, like if I feel it, I can like, if it was more in like just a sunny climate, a damp climate, um, humid climate, if it was under like in a cave, like environment, all sorts of shit. Dang. Um, yeah. And, you know, sometimes even identifying the gender and ethnicity is just a cool bit of knowledge. And then based on that, you can kind of like finite tune, you know, what region is this person from? Where where did it come from? How old it is? The teeth. So looking at teeth, you can kind of determine the age of the specimen, um, how worn in the teeth are, if they're molars or their uh, wisdom teeth have erupted yet. Because sometimes you could see that little bone uh-huh. and it's like crackled. And through it, you're like, oh shit, there's a little tooth in there like <sighs> that hasn't erupted yet. That's so crazy. that's like, yeah, it's, dude, I don't know. It's fucking cool. Like <laughs> I geek out over this shit and people try to like demonize it and make it this evil fucking bad thing. No. When, they just again, don't like, know. Till, 
till the end of time. I mean, there's a lot of like professionals and like like people in that field who also think it's oh, you shouldn't be able to collect human remains. It's unethical. It's blah blah. blah. But I really don't think it is, man. It's brought me so much like knowledge, and I've given so much knowledge to other people. Yeah, and I've, I've developed such a good relationship with the idea of death and what happens. What what is human reality you know like what is our reality and i don't know man like i'm a, i would fight against that i think it's i think it's really educational and really just fucking fascinating man yeah and, and if our people are finding like unethical and immoral actions in just appreciating human remains uh what about like the living humans that we don't give a fat fuck about yeah, that exist? The, the, and there's there's that and many more arguments to be made on that respect. I mean, I, I think when it, at the end of the day what it comes down to is ignorance, right? If and if you choose not to educate yourself and you just want to have this perception of what something is without doing research about it, I mean, then that's your prerogative, right? Because you're not going to change your mind. You're going to be a dogmatic person who's not going to change your opinion. You believe what you believe with the information, the limited information that you have, right? If you guys haven't heard me talk about Best Fiends, it's this game app on your phone that Nicole and I are obsessed with. You're about to hear it right now because it's a lot of fun. It's very competitive. And Nicole and I, now that I'm by myself, you know, Nicole's gone and all, I've been able to catch up because she was, I'm not going to lie, she was way ahead of me because we play this game so much. I mean, anytime that we have any downtime, we play. It's basically a puzzle game, right? But it also has like a bunch of different unique challenges that they add within the game itself, right? Like you have to break down these walls to be able to get these uh, things connected, right? And they also add like little bombs in there or I don't know. You're just going to have to play it to understand it, but it's a lot of fun. And they have a lot of little characters that you can grow. So as you go along, you get points and then you can upgrade these little, and they're cute. I mean, (laughs) Nicole says they get uglier as they get older. I don't know. I think it's like I don't know. You're growing your little, you know, they're on your team, right? And you can swap them around. So they're almost like these little bugs, right? And then they grow and then they get stronger and they can do more stuff. I don't know. It's a lot of fun. And if you don't believe me, there's over a hundred million downloads and tons of five stars reviews. Best Fiends is a must play. Download Best Fiends free on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. Um, so I've been noticing that you, you, so you have your, you've been still doing your music, right? Yes, sir. And it's now, it's a, it's a total shift. It's a total shift of music <laughs> style. It's completely changed, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I dude. like it. I've, I've heard your most recent stuff. I think it's really cool. It's that what, what's Thanks, with, what's with that? What's with that shift? What do you, what do you, is it just different part of your life or different things that you like now? Or, you know, what, what's, what's that? Um, I don't know, man. It's like... Or you just feel so, it. That's how you're feeling right now. Yeah, I, I just feel it. Like, I was... When I was making Van Alden music, like, I was just feeling that. I was... That's how I was... I don't know what I was going through or whatever the fuck. And I really, this was birthed out of uh, the world ending. Like, this fucking isolation, this coronavirus, all yeah. this shit, like sent me into like a really deep self-reflection and a really deep like evolution and as terrible as uh um as the pandemic was it really like i really worked on a lot of like self-development skills during that time you know i caught myself in a lot of dark places and then also pulled myself out of a lot of dark places Mm -hmm. and just kind of like 
had a lot of like real conversations with myself and just spiritual growth. And I don't know, man, like it, it just kind of makes sense to me. And I have never written music so effortlessly. And so like, it just feels right off the cuff. Yeah. Off the jump. Like it doesn't require much thinking and changing and crafting and editing. It's quite literally very, um, it's very raw, bro. Like a lot of the takes are just like in the moment or like some of the takes I fuck up. Like I'm not even audibly saying the words correctly, Uh but the energy was so right that we end up like keeping the take because like it just felt good. It's fluid, right? You can just feel it. Right, right. So um, the shift is just like me, I guess, tapping into something that maybe I hadn't tapped into ever before, Mm -hmm. getting rid of old insecurities, getting rid of like, a lot of things, man. I don't know. It's just a new... It's kind of like this fire inside of me that feels like it should have been going this whole time. And I haven't felt more comfortable making the art and music that I'm making than I am right now. Like, I'm constantly hungry. I'm constantly inspired. I'm constantly, like, ready to write more and release more and do more. Like, I, I can't stop. It's one of those things. Well, and that's the first time I've really felt like that with music, which is fucking gas well and i think it's awesome because you dude since i mean i guess you've always been doing what you wanted to do you know when you did big brother you had just gotten out of college right so you've been able to just continue doing just what you want to do and not fit into this mold of what you you know people think you should be doing which is which is great are you are you still in new york right now I am. And thank you for acknowledging that, man, because it's definitely as as cool as it is. And a lot of people have reached out to me lately, like a lot of old friends who are kind of getting older now and like yep. just touching base and being like, man, like I admire that you fucking you, you stayed to you. Like yeah. you continue doing what you love. You didn't get this debt, like this job that like, you know, I, I for your parents, like my friends, whatever. I've been getting a lot of these random phone calls. And as much as that you know, makes me feel good. It's also like, it's fucking hard, bro. Like yeah. it comes with a lot of like, d- like doubt, not doubt, but like constantly asking yourself, am I doing the right thing? Is this, it's liberating. I'm living the life that I want. Sure. But like, it's also scary. Cause I never know what's to come. There is no guarantee. There is no, um, not stability, but like, there is no guaranteed course. It's not like uh, nine to five. You yeah, you're you know, gonna you get a promotion in two years. You get a pay raise it's, each year. You're you know you're building you your 401k. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I could continue doing this and get nothing ever, which is a scary thing. But then at the same time, you flip the coin and it's like, but it is what I love, and I'm you know I'm I'm surviving. I'm. I'm making the money I need. I'm I'm supporting myself the way I need. And, you know, sure, I could always have more. But for what I have now, like, it's working. Yeah. Like, I'm happy. The, I get the things I want. I do the things I want. And I live the way I want. That's um, uh, for, for... I can't complain, bro. For, um, I guess... The younger people that are that are listening, or I guess this, this is really for anybody, it, it's easy to say, especially when you're younger. When you're younger and you're relying on your parents, it's easy to say, I'm just going to do whatever I want to do and thrive at that thing, right? And, you know, when, when you're dependent on your parents, yeah, that's fine and dandy. But once you're on your own, 
living on your own, paying your own rent, having to worry about insurance, having yeah. to pay taxes, you know, yep. trying to figure out, like you said, what's going to happen in the next year or the year after that. I mean, it, it's, it's not easy by, nope. by any stretch and not having that, that, like you said, that security blanket, uh, where it's like, it's fucking scary <laughs> where it's like, Oh, no matter what, I'll still have this, this income coming in every week. Right. Um, it's, it's hard to break from that, but the fact that you're able to break from that, I mean, eventually something's got to give and, and something's going to happen for you. Right. One way or another, you know, one way or another, something's going to happen. Um, I mean, I fully, I fully support myself right now through my art. And that's great. Yeah. And that's awesome. That's the dream, right? That's the dream. You've already, you've already made the the dream and now it's just like making that forever. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Thank you for acknowledging that, man. And it's cool because like, I love that I get to do what I love. I love that I get to go to like flea markets or go hunting through the country looking for old antiques that I can either refurbish or create into new art or finding like these old historical bones and shit that I can work with and then make music and like kind of, it's like a hunt, bro. It's a chase, a hunt. I make it, I flip it. Boom. Let's keep going. Like it, it also just keeps me alive a bit. You know, it keeps me eager. It keeps me hungry. Do you find Which, it hard to maintain like a, a schedule? Is it is it hard for you to stay organized? Yeah, it's very hard to keep a schedule. But like, I guess that's part of my lifestyle is like, I don't have a schedule. And that could be frustrating for certain individuals in my life. Absolutely. Or like certain like things in my life where like people are always like, oh, well, uh, you know, I'm not working. Blah, blah, blah. Why don't we schedule this for two weeks from now? And I'm like, dude, what? I, I, no, I don't work. <laughs> I don't operate that way. I don't have a fucking, oh, two weeks from now. Yeah, this is my schedule. I'll be off that day. (laughs) Or I might be like in another country two weeks from now because kind of like in Big Brother, remember how we were saying like you got to pivot? Like you can't really have a plan. You kind of just got to be able to like pivot like a basketball game. Like Like, you got to be able to fucking move. Mm -hmm. So I kind of adopted that into my real life in the sense that, dude, Sometimes opportunities and shit and things just kind of present themselves. And I always would beat myself up if I didn't do it. It's like, fuck, what if I did that thing? That, like, yeah. you know? So yep. I try to keep myself in a place where, like, I can take those risks, I can pivot. If something comes up and it's like, hey, you want to do this thing for like a month? And I beg, yeah, fuck it, let's go. Like, let's do it. Because you ne- <laughs> I never know where that can lead me. And that's kind of what I'm banking on, right? That's the gamble that I'm banking on, is that I can take these risks, I can do these things, I can go to these places because I'm not confined by any restrictions. And I'm hoping that risk-taking is what rewards me in the end. Yeah, and well, and the fact that you're able to say that you did it, right? Because exactly. not, not and, anybody can say that, right? I, I can, bro, at the end of the day, if all, if all else fails, like it's still for the story, right? I, I live for the story, which is kind of yeah. weird to maybe some people. But like whenever I'm doing something, I always say, fuck it, it's for the story. Like I moved to New York for the story. I didn't move to New York for any fucking particular reason. Yeah. I told myself when I was 21, I, I was living in London um, in my last year of Pepperdine. I lived in London for a year. I was interning out there. And I told myself, fuck, you know, it's kind of cool. You were born in LA um, and then you like lived in Malibu for a bit. Now you're living in London. Like that's like, that's a pretty cool fucking repertoire, you know? And it's like, I told myself by 25, I would like to live in New York and kind of have that like New York 
LA, London, all by 25. That's kind of neat. Yeah. And I, it, it was a fantasy back then. And then I got to 25 and I was like, well, bro, like you're still in LA and there's no real reason for you to move to New York, but like, there is never really a reason to do anything, bro. Yeah. Like you just, <laughs> there's gotta, not a reason kinda, not to go to New York, you know? Exactly. So, you know, I packed my shit up. I drove across the country and I completely relocated my life and it was fuck. It's still hard. I'm still like scared about it. It's still scary, but I've done things here that a, I would have never imagined I would do. Mm-hmm. I've put myself in positions I never thought I would be in and I've accomplished things that I didn't even think were possible. I learned things that I didn't even think I could learn or like I developed skills with art, with make, with like the shit that I'm doing that I never thought that I could fucking do, bro. So it's it's really special, and I and and that's something I want to promote to people more. Like there doesn't necessarily have to be a reason to do anything. Yeah, we make that up in our fucking head. There is no reason for anything. We don't really matter. Not yeah, to get well, too you know, when you, what, I I remember doing that when I was a kid. You know, I just look at my hand and be like, what, what, why? What, <laughs> what, is it? Yeah. what am what I? Is like, what is it? <laughs> no, absolutely. And I think I. It's all, and it's also. Um, I always enjoy having the conversation with the older guy that you say something about something, and he has some information about that thing, about that place. Right. It's like, oh yeah, I used to live there. Oh, oh yeah, I visited there many times. I've done X, Y, and Z. And you're like, man, this guy. Is and you think it's d- cool, right? You're done like, anything? Fuck. You know, he's done everything. Yeah. Oh my god, I want to be like yeah. him when I grow up. You know, and so. I mean, and I, the secret to that is to just do shit, bro. Do shit without a reason. Like, yeah, do, move, go to that place you wanted to do. Do that thing you wanted to do. And for all the listeners, uh, and Vic, I don't know if I've told you about this. I, maybe I have, but it's called. Uh, it's a short little read. It's like a short little uh, online book. It's maybe like ten pages. You can read it in fucking ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called "The Universe Doesn't Give a Flying Fuck About You." Oh. Okay. Uh, if you haven't read it, please take the time to read it. And if anybody is on here, it's free on Amazon, Kindle, whatever. It's literally a free PDF download. It's called The Universe Doesn't Give a Flying Fuck About You. And I read this maybe like once or twice a year to remind myself of how small and insignificant we really are. And there is actually a beauty in that statement. I'm not trying to be like a downer, but like reading that and realizing how minuscule human life really is in comparison to the bigger fucking picture here. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really empowering, bro. When you, it makes you feel tiny and insignificant to the point where it empowers you to do anything you want because nothing matters because you're this tiny little fucking dot in the in like a blink of the universe's scope of fucking existence. You know, like we, it's so tiny in, in even our individual personal life, right? Like you and me right now, yeah. our existence, our like, what, 80 years of existence on this realm is such a tiny blink and fucking beep in, in like the timeline yeah. of the universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's so tiny and silly. And that when we think about things like, oh man, like this person doesn't like me yeah. or like, oh, these people think I su-, like. None of that shit matters, dude. Nothing matters. <laughs> who who Even remembers you, that, right? <laughs> yeah. No one's going to remember it. And like, as soon as you die and the last person who knew you dies, like you're, don't I, matter the no idea more. of you is dead. Yeah. Unless you do something significantly cool yeah. where you can be remembered. And like putting together these ideas 
has really like, I think that's what immortality is, bro, is, is accomplishing something great enough to where even after you died, the idea of you is still remembered. Yeah. So read that little short thing. I, I and, just pulled and, it up, actually. There. I have it in front of me because uh, they actually, you can just go straight. They have a, a PDF on Google Drive. And it's Perfect. It just, you click it, and it takes you right to it. Uh, and it's, it's like uh, 10 pages exactly. It's really special, man. And I, I, and I think people will get a kick out of it. So the universe doesn't give a flying fuck about you. If you're ever feeling like unmotivated or down or like, I mean, just fucking read it now. And I think it will really change the way that you, it'll definitely put a little pep in your step. Well, the, the, put it that way. The, the cool thing about this is in a, in a smaller version of this, I do this uh, every once in a while. If I feel some type of way about something or something's really bugging me, you know, and I'll be driving, I'll be like, but if, if I die today, right, that, that's the most important thing to like my family, right? Anything else that I was worried about, it doesn't matter, right? Right. It's, it's me being with my family, being, you know, with Nicole or with my parents. That's what makes me happy, right? If something were to happen to them, that's serious. Anything else that I'm worried about is not a big deal. <laughs> you know right, what I mean? Right, right, and, right. and so that totally. in, in, in a small way, that's how I keep myself grounded. Like, oh, this person doesn't like me or this person's doing that or, or I'm not getting the results that I'm looking for in this little thing. But in the grand scheme of things, I still have my family that loves me and that's the most important thing. Right. Of course, man. And it's that, it's that constant reminder, right? And I, that's what I get with collecting skulls. Like right now there's Lord knows I have like 60 human skulls in my living room. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, they're all presented and, and put in a certain specific like display. And it's, it's like, it's beautiful in my opinion, but it's definitely a little overwhelming. And, you know, my mom is so fucking disturbed by it. And sometimes she's like, <laughs> dude, aren't you depressed? Like, are you depressed? You're constantly looking at death and blah, blah, blah. Like, just, is that fucking you up mentally? Blah. And I'm like, actually, no, it, it, I have learned to love life more by looking death in the eyes every day. When I walk out of my fucking bedroom, I'm like, oh, hello, death. Like, <laughs> hell, I'm looking at... It's a reminder. Yeah. Bro, it's a reminder. And, like, not to sound like fucking Hamlet, <laughs> but... Uh, or Shakespeare, but, like, it really is that, man. Like, when I'm holding a skull, where I'm looking at that skull every day, like, I'm constantly reminded of my mortality which I think many people forget. Like many people take their lives for granted. Yeah. And, and I will preach that till the day I die. Nobody thinks about that. Nobody thinks about dying really. Nobody thinks, oh, I could die. But the chances are you could fucking die at any second, man. Yeah. You could die. Right now, shit. I can. Right now, for fucking, no reason. Yeah. And looking at and collecting skulls and studying death has really made me reflect inward and ask myself, yo, if you died now, would you for real be happy with what you've accomplished with what you've done? Like, mm. like w would you not anybody else, but would you be like, you know what? I got enough out of life to where I'm satisfied. And I've, I've t like kind of tweaked my formula to have that bro, to like fulfill myself daily enough to where it's like, dude, if you die, like, you did some good shit. Yeah. Like I did some good shit. I, with whether it's traveling or touring or doing the crazy stuff or, or going out there and, and skydiving, whatever the fuck it is, man. If you feel like you got what you got out of this experience, then I think that's what matters. And 
you know, the skulls have really opened that up for me to, to reflect inward like that. Like, dude, do things daily that fulfill yourself in this life, in this realm. Like, get what you need from life because it could be taken away at any point. And people, I feel like, don't. No, I do. I, I totally agree with you, and and I and that's why I'm so happy with how my life has gone so far. I guess the only thing that I'm I'm missing right now is my next generation, right? My kids, right? Having kids with of Nicole course. and building a family. That's the only thing that I feel like I have a void in. But I can be around a group of older people, right? I mean, you know, people twenty, thirty years my senior, and they're talking about things that they'd like to do that I've already done. And I'm just like, you know, what? Right, I'm, right. I'm, I feel good, right? Like, You're or, blessed. or yeah, or they, or they can be talking about stuff that they want to do. A group of people at work or something, and and I just stay quiet in the background. You know, I'll, I'll put my input every right, now right, and then, right. but I'm just like, I've done that. You know, that's right. You should do it. It's awesome, and you should get it done as soon as you can. Don't wait. <laughs> you know, um, don't wait. Yeah, don't wait. Straight up. Yeah, because you just you just never know. Um, and that just makes me think about how we. I mean, we just got so lucky with Big Brother that first time. I mean, and what a heck of an experience that was. And, yeah, it was and, fucking awesome. Dude, I just I, – and I think we, we've said this before, but it's so – you can't explain that first time to anybody. I know you did it the, the second go around and, and you did it, but you already knew what was coming more or less. Right, right, right. Right, doing it that first time and going through that experience together, and then traveling afterwards, and, and doing that euphoric all that. like discovery was, post, and it was nice to have a friend with you. Yeah, through the experience yes. because definitely, I can imagine being alone experiencing <laughs> that would blow ass. It yeah. would be weird, bro. You couldn't explain but it to could, anybody. <laughs> exactly. So you know, I really do value our friendship because it, it was birthed from such a weird experience for both you and I. You know, yeah. it's not like we were like famous actors and no. we're, it was, bro we were just, you were a kid from louisiana i was a kid from fucking la man and we it was cool because we had a similar kind of family dynamic yep. and an appreciation for shit so that was great man i really i really value that yeah that that was awesome which will lead me into you actually you actually did get a call for this all-star season right yeah bro i did and and you said it wasn't for you. It's not. It's not the time for you. And 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 it, it just so, wasn't it, right? Yeah, I got contacted like I don't know months prior. Fucking a lot. I don't like what was probably it? like it March was, maybe. It was yeah yeah. It was like right at the start of COVID or like shit was starting to get weird. Yeah, but it wasn't as weird as it was, right? Yeah. So this is before COVID got bad. This is before you before know, they the knew BLM. they were gonna push back the season. Yeah. Yeah, before the BLM movement, before the um, like very lockdown COVID stuff, before they were pushing anything back. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I got a date for like fucking June yeah. or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like a regular season. It was gonna be normal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was at the when I first got the call, I was like, "Fuck, sure, like I'm down, like let's go, let's do it, whatever, I'm in, like mm-hmm. I'll do it." And as things progressed, as shit got scarier, as shit got crazier um you know my mom needed the surgery my dad hurt his eye he needed surgery so i was trying to maneuver around that and just i don't know man the world became a really dark place for a while yeah and being quarantined that long already was fucking with me and then to go into a quarantine again Mm -hmm. and 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 be 
like away from society. And there was so much changing in society too, right? Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you saw I was going to all those protests and stuff. Yep, 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 um, yep. And I was really learning a lot and I was seeing a lot and experiencing a lot that I didn't know that I was like, I don't know, man. It, it I gained so much knowledge and there was so much like, emotions and tensions in society and society was growing and changing so much that it just felt a little weird for me to i just it didn't feel right for me to go back yeah right away and and after the fucking being like locked away for so long to be locked away again like i'm so i'm itching to go out i'm itching to <laughs> you don't want to like see people to be and in. get human interaction and like and, and on like some hippy dippy like good shit you know but like to go back and like leave my parents behind after their like their surgeries to deal with all the hate that comes with it Dude. and all the shit that comes with yeah. it and and it's... then to deal with my business like I just felt like a I'd be abandoning my family uh-huh. b shit's already crazy and then I would give them more craziness because mm-hmm. you know me I'm a crazy motherfucker yeah and Lord knows that I'm gonna get shit on while going on TV absolutely so you know how that all directly just funnels to your family yeah and it's fucked mm-hmm. it's fucked up and I didn't want to do that. Which I think um, has been even crazier this year just because everybody's been home. And like you said, exactly. if, if, if people have been dark in this uh, – just being at home cooped up and they have all this anger or whatever, energy that they have to get out and they express it out through social media in the worst way, especially on and Twitter. And I didn't want to be that punching bag, bro. I really didn't. Yeah. I like yeah. – I didn't have the energy to be that punching bag and I didn't want to impose that on my family, especially after going through surgeries especially during covid bro and my grandma was getting is getting old so i didn't want like my biggest fear would be that situation of even going on big brother the first time if somebody died yeah. while i was in there yeah like yeah, that yeah. that genuinely would fuck me up like it would mentally fuck me up if that happened so all these things started to weigh on the opposite scale and then I was like, eh, I don't know, guys. How much are you giving me? Ah, dude. Nah, I'm just, but like, it didn't, it just didn't fucking balance the right yeah, way. Yeah. And, and I, I truly, if I agreed to it, I would have went in with so many things in my gut and mind yeah. that would have fucked me up, bro. That would have given me a bad experience. And I didn't want to miss out on shit because the the first time or the second time, I don't remember which one it was, um, but the, there was those that thing that happened in like Charlotte, North Carolina, mm-hmm. with like the torches and the white supremacists and shit. Yeah, that was crazy. Like, that was so bro, bad. I I completely missed out on that and like Pokemon Go or whatever. The <laughs> yeah, fuck, Pokemon Go, which I think was like culturally a huge. I mean, not saying that the two d- no, deserve no. to be in the same category, but <laughs> but things but happen. Fucking, essentially, things big happen, things happen, bro. And yeah. I came out and I was like, "I'm sorry, there were white supremacists with torches walking around in public, like yeah, for what real." The hell? <laughs> and then people were just like getting hit by cars because they were trying to catch Pokemon. Like, what the fuck happened? You yeah. know, like. And it, it is definitely one of those things where it's like, oh, I kind of have to be there, bro. Like, I can't really explain this to yeah, you. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. So, There's a lot of news cycles that went to explaining all this stuff. Uh, yeah, you have to a lot of catching up to do. Right. And what was happening in our society now, what is changing in our society now? Yeah, to like, miss all that, right? To, to, to miss this entire cultural shift. Exactly. Is, and I just thought it was, I, I couldn't, I can't, like, I don't have. I don't know. I just didn't want to miss out. And like being at the protests 
And, and being a part of that movement was really special and really like empowering as well. And like, it felt, I don't know, it's crazy, bro. Between that, between what's happening in Armenia right now, what's happening in Lebanon right now, like, I would have missed that. I have family in Lebanon. I have family fighting in a war right now. I have, there's just so much happening that I would have fucked myself up mentally yeah. had I agreed to go on. I would have been thinking about my parents, what's happening on the outside, this, that, boom, 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 my grandma. And I would just go nuts, bro. Yeah, and I and I agree with you. I, I, I We were, Nicole and I were finally in a place where <coughs> we had been removed long enough from actually being on TV uh, to where it was, you know, the people that followed us on our social media or commented stuff, it was just straight up people that, you know, just like us for us and, you you know, and and it wasn't anything else other than that. And we do our things. And if they like our stuff, they like our stuff. They comment nice stuff. We do our podcast and that was it. Now being thrown back into this, you know, and I, I, I support Nicole and everything she does. I think it's a great opportunity for her and, and she, her job is social media, right? So obviously this helps her directly as of well. Um, of course. And, and she essentially wants to do this, set our, set our family up better for the future. But everything that comes with it, it's, it's, it's hard to swallow sometimes. Um, of course, man. But, you know, it is what it is, right? It, it, with this. And it sucks that it has to be that way, bro. Yeah, like, the, it's so ridiculous. There's a lot of vitriol on this show that, like, after doing it twice, looking back on it, I'm like, bro, this is kind of fucking whack. Like, why do I, why am I subjecting myself yeah. to this bullshit? Like I'm being judged for like playing a game yeah, to win money and people are calling me a piece of shit dude, or a fucking so like, oh, I don't know. It, for, and, and like, sorry. Continue. No, you're good. I just, for, for me, what, what I've been, what I always throw myself back to, it's like, it's temporary, right? This will last for the span of, let's say the show's three months, but let's give it another, what, five, <laughs> six months, a year, and then the next cast gets released, and, and it's, it's gone, news. right? Your old, yeah, news, your old and news, and then the season after that comes out, and nobody remembers, right? So There's a handful of people who, like, fucking, like, obsessively hate you for yeah. some reason. Well, like, in, dude, in, in I'll actually- post something about my music, and someone will just write some shit like, Remember when you said cunt? And I'm like, yeah, bro. Like, what? What does that have to do with anything? What? Who are you? Yeah. Well, and why does this still bother you fucking five years later, dog? Like, sometimes people say shit that I said to people. I'm like, bro, do you know that me and that person are like cool homies? Like, and they couldn't care less. But here you are livid five and a half years after the fact writing on my fucking twitter get the fuck out of my face dude what so what a lot of times what i've noticed now it's like and let's i'll pick a number uh i'll be i'll be it'll be bigger than what the actual number is probably let's say 400 people right 400 people on twitter are the actual people that are saying mean stuff and i and totally and it's it's less than that but let's just say 400 that's a safe number right the amount of actual people that appreciate your stuff that are that don't say anything, right? That just like your stuff on Instagram and everything exponentially more. Exponentially of more. But they of course. and and it's all love and support and if you do something really cool, they'll comment on your stuff, you know, they'll watch things that you put up and but just those 400 if that, I, you know, and I think a lot of those they're people... They're just louder, right? Yeah, they're louder, they, or, they're more persistent. They make... One person makes three accounts so they can just shit on you three, three times as much, you know? <laughs> Bro, it's so weird. It's so weird. A lot of them are kids. A lot of them... I don't know what the fuck the situation is, but like... Yeah. 
to be to be completely honest, if I knew somebody in my real life that had multiple accounts on oh. social media dedicated <laughs> to saying some crazy shit to a stranger that they watched on TV, I would genuinely a be fucking disturbed. B, if they were a homie, be like, yo, dude. You're not a homie. <laughs> we need to talk. Like, we need to talk, dude. Are you okay? Are you, like, mentally fit right now? Like, what's going on, dog? Like, nah, I just don't get it. I agree. I don't get, I, I don't get it. I, I mean, I could hate people. There's definitely people that I have opinions of, but, like, I don't publicize those are my it. opinions. Yeah. I keep it me. I'm like, yeah, fuck that guy. I don't go... Hold on, let me find this dude's mom <laughs> and send him a video of one time where he like scratched his asshole. Like, what the fuck? Like, what kind of weird upside down thinking is this shit? Like, yeah. it's just so fucking disturbing to me. And then when I make comments about it, people are like, oh, is that as bad as how you treated this person on a fucking produced television show? Like, Come on, dude. Come that's on. The, that's the world that we live in right now. But it is what it is. The only people I care about is like my, my five close friends and my family. You know what I mean? So if those are good, I'm good. And and you and even, you know, Josh and and, and my actual, you know, the, the people that I see here, right, day to day and my family they they all check up on me and i appreciate you guys for doing I mean, that and it's been good right i'm not i'm not fucking going to some weird crazy you know frenzy right now i'm fine it's just what i tell people it's not it's you not just start crying i'm fine you start <laughs> yelling on the like i hear shit breaking in the background an animal is like crying dude are you where are you Vic? <laughs> no what i was gonna say is it's just constant which is annoying and i think it's more annoying because it doesn't it doesn't get to me right what people are saying it's annoying that it's so constant I think that's, oh, bro, it's that's cons- where it's, it's at. It's consistent. There's so, no end to it. And you can't do anything to st- – like. Oh, no. Like, I, I just stay off. I stay off. The I, I only look at like uh, – you know the, the one that updates you on like what people are saying in the house but doesn't have any yeah. opinions? That I look at that and then I hop off. And that's all you do. And then I watch the show you know, live. Um, yeah. So I mean that that's kind of – are you, are you watching by chance? Uh, no, dude. I don't no. really watch Big Brother. <laughs> like, and I and, – I don't know. I just, I, again, I saw it as a kid. The competitions looked cool. I was like, wow, sick. But then I stopped watching TV at the age of like 12. Like gotcha. I was just not watching TV anymore. And I, I mean, I watch films and shit and documentaries, but you know, like, but I don't really watch TV, even though like my friends are on it and like I did it. I still just don't really watch TV. Yeah, the- so. I, I get what you're saying. The only I've never watched Big. Actually, this is the first season of Big Brother I'm watching, and obviously it's just because my fiance's on there. Of so course, kind of have to watch it. I mean, of course, I, of course, and sometimes of course. I don't even want to watch it, but then I'm like, I don't want to miss something, right? And I didn't see yeah, it. Yeah, It'd yeah. be a thing. So I mean, you're manning the ship. So yeah, exactly. So you want to be out of your own loop, right? Exactly. I don't want to be told by somebody else. Oh, did you see this? I'm like, oh, yeah. You're like, fuck. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And I got to do this 
this podcast, and so I got to know something about what's going on. But it looks like Nicole's in a good spot right now. If you don't know, uh, it looks like she's button heads with Janelle. That's fine. I think either Janelle or Case are going to go home this week, so we'll see. But as of right now, Nicole's in a good spot. We'll see what happens with this uh, next HOH. So is she cool? Is she like? Uh, do you you don't get to like talk to her? Nah, no, no, I don't get to. I don't know if like All Stars had like special oh privileges. Courts. Yeah, because like they have kids or they're fucking married or I don't. I don't yeah, I don't. nah, dude. It's I'll tell you what I've been I I. It, today, barring today and tomorrow, because it's going to be raining, and then I go back to work this weekend. But um, I've been out of the house as much as I possibly can. I'll still go to the gym, right? And I'll go to the gym now for like two hours. Um, but I've been golfing a lot. I've gone kayaking, golfing. I mean, yeah, dude. Okay. I I just yeah. I every, so I only work. Uh, I work like fifteen days a week because I work twelve hour days, right? So. On the stretches of days that I have off, like two days or three days, whatever. I'm sorry, did you say you work 15 days a week? Oh, sorry, 15 days a month. (laughs) (laughs) I thought I was having a stroke. I'm like, what the fuck did he just say? Am I hearing things wrong? I got to go to the hospital. (laughs) (laughs) So basically, I work half of the month, right? And so I'll have two days off here, three days off there, right? That's, That's how it cool. Goes. So on at least one day of those stretches that I have off, I go golfing. So I've gone golfing quite a bit recently. I still suck, but I'm getting better. Um, but it's fun, dude. I'm outside hitting the ball. I'm getting sun. It spend like two, three hours out there, you know, and it's a good time. And dude, take me golfing when I come and visit you. I've ne- I've literally never golfed. I've only mini golfed, which ended up in the ball falling in one of those fucking bullshit lakes every every fucking time. <laughs> so it's frustrating for me and. I've never like adult golf though. Dude, it's it's a good time. You can use my clubs. It it'll be we'll we'll have a ball. Uh, you know, no pun intended. Dude, I want to, I want to shop. I want to like get an outfit. Like I want to get one of those hats. Do I want to get the pants? Maybe some penny loafers. Whenever you want to come up here, uh, I, you know. Well, Nicole's gone would be cool too. You know, I, I I'm not I'm not depressed over here, but I'm lonely. So if you want to come and you, hang bro. out, man. Well. well when when does this season have big? But how much? What's our timeline here? Our timeline is probably to the end of October. Uh, it could be, and it'll be cool to like film. I mean, we could film stuff and just hang out. And- yeah, we can kick it, man. I, I you know, I, I'm an open book over here, right? So you know, every other weekend I have three days off, and I can take a day or two off. So if you want to come up here for like three, four days, I can be off all those days. How we plan it, and we can just hang out man we can go kayaking they have this they have this one little so it's turn up rock so you kayak maybe like uh 30 45 minutes and then they have this like island that's like it almost looks like a diamond type thing so you can't get up on it but it's like it's by itself just hanging up there it looks like it's gonna tip over and it has like trees on top of it and and it's it's really cool if you look up turn up rock online uh, you'll see it and it's so cool. And I went there just a couple weeks ago. I went kayaking and I, I went by myself. I put a little speaker in the kayak. I had some beers in there and I just kayaked out there with my music, stopped at the rock, had some beers, came back and then I ate. I ended up saving somebody who was drowning. No big deal. Um, casual. Casual. Just another day in the neighborhood. No, legit. I was like, <laughs> I was passing. I was, I'm kayaking past this. Uh, I see this lady, right? But I'm not really paying attention. I'm just, you know, la-di-da. And I hear somebody yell, call the Coast Guard. He needs help. And I'm like, all right, well, let, maybe let's not call the Coast Guard right away. Let's see what's going on, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I turn around and I and I kayak over there. Basically, this guy's kayak's going like completely underwater, right? It's 
oh, taking shit. in water. It's going down. He's holding on to his girlfriend or wife's kayak, but she can't move, <laughs> right? Because she can't paddle because he's a big guy, right? So she's not going to go anywhere. So oh, I was like, shit. well, just hold on to my kayak and I'll bring you to, you know, shore and then, you know, you can get help from there. So as I'm ki- I'm trying to kayak with this guy and I'm not moving. I'm like, what the heck? And I look back and he's holding on to the kayak that's underwater. I was like, dude, you're going to have to let like, that go thing the go. Kayak, dog. <laughs> I was like, dude, you're going to have to let that go. We're not moving, right? You got back, dude, you got to take that L, buddy. We gotta either, you're either fucking going with it or you're coming with it. <laughs> and then so then I bring him to shore and he gets out and he's all happy there, but he'll bring him back to the starting point or whatever so yeah just another day in the neighborhood man <laughs> that's awesome dude <laughs> okay so um maybe like sometime in september or i'm i'm good with it man i'm telling you i I'll, I'll send you i'll send you my schedule of the days that i have off or whatever and then you can you can plan around that and and we'll just kick it man like old times it'll be fun dude i would love that man let's let's set that up and then we could always podcast again or like um kind of ask people what questions they have and kind of do something fun like that I yeah know. i don't mind dude i would love a co-host and then we can call somebody else that's i mean that's how i that's how i did it with nicole right you know it's weird okay, dude it's weird having me by myself yeah right? yeah not to bounce shit <laughs> off of right yeah i yeah. feel you yeah i could wear a blonde wig we can make it happen well it'll be cool it'll it'll be uh it'll be kosher uh but all right man hey thank you thank you for hopping on this was fun always always a great time talking to you i you know likewise man thank you sorry i thought i mean you did write 11 p.m in the text message oh 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 so just (laughs) to be clear i had messaged uh i had messaged paul uh or no i didn't message you i talked to you on the phone can't remember maybe like a week ago and i was like hey you good at podcasting oh yeah just let me know and i think i texted you this morning did it i'm gonna read it right now did it say 11 p.m i think it did dude it said uh i woke up this morning and i texted you oh yeah we good to podcast for 11 p.m eastern (laughs) (laughs) okay bro to give you an insight in my situation uh, this past week has been the worst week of my life oh i walked in from uh, California. I, I was in California taking care of my parents. Um, and I came back to New York because I had some work to do. And my entire apartment was fucking molded because there was a storm. Oh. There was like this big hurricane. And because I'm in the basement level where my apartment is, in the catacomb pretty much, crypts, uh, all the humidity Ugh. got trapped in my fucking room. And all my sneakers bags fucking mattress everything got molded clothes. no way yeah bro so i've had to fucking deal with that shit this did you whole have to week. throw been, all that stuff away everything i had to throw everything away bro oh my um gosh. so i've just been um is that I, something wait is that something that the uh that the landlord has to cover his uh, insurance yeah they better fucking cover it because <laughs> all my shit got fucked up and it was not my fault. I didn't leave anything open. It, I didn't know mold just fucking happens. So, yeah, it's fucked. And I've been sleeping on my couch for a week because oh the USPS God. is fucked up and nothing is shipping properly. So by the time I got a goddamn mattress, dude, I've had a fucked up week, man. Oh, that and like, sucks. And I'm like discovering new moldy shit because I'm... <laughs> 
Like, I'm looking at my closet. I'm like, oh, well, that one's fucked up too. God damn it. Like, I keep so, unraveling. Wait. So, like, your shirt, is there just, like, a huge mold stain on it now? Like, Bro, it's you... like moss. Like, there's moss growing on shit. And then oh, at first, I was gosh. like, when I first walked in, the room was kind of dark. I was like, hmm, kind of smells a little... <laughs> musty in here but i was like ah, whatever and i turned on the light and like dude i didn't know what was happening but i looked at one of my bags on the floor and it was just green and i'm like oh sick what the fuck is happening like what is that and i'm crying oh, yeah bro i didn't know moss can just grow on shit wait so is, can, can you lit can you 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 didn't sleep in there that night did you well no not that night um uh, how? I slept at my friend's place, uh, but it's not like black mold. Like it's not like black fucking. I'm gonna die. Yeah, but it's, I've heard it's it, like mold can really mess you up, though. You know, like I've there was like uh, I had read this guy like ate a piece of bread that had like some mold on it or something. Dude, that mold bacteria ended up eating his face. Like he had no oh. fa- like no eyes, no nose. He had, like, Sick, bro. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? And so now, mo- after I saw that mold, freaks me out like bad. Yeah, it's pretty fucking. It, it, this one was just like humidity, right? And the yeah. hum- the moistness in the air attached to like leather and fabric and like turned fucked up. Um, but yeah, mold is pretty fucked up. Dude, that's um, so crazy. Well, you know what? That's another. That's another. <clears throat> so, are you going to be purchasing a dehumidifier? Yeah, um, I, I guess I need one of those now, right? I didn't even know what the fuck that was for, but now I know what it's for. Yeah, that's so crazy. Oh, yeah, so man. I finally got my bed yesterday, so I'm like, all right, I'm asleep. I'm going to get shit done. And then I, I was on the train when you texted, and I was like, fuck, I forgot. Nah, you're good. Uh, we, didn't do, we didn't do the little intro thing, but... We, I want to do it, even though it's not in the beginning. So yeah, you can just slice be, it up. I won't slice it. I'll just leave it right here. But leave it in the end. Fuck we'll em. just leave do it in the beginning. At the because, end. because what? Because whatever, right? Because it's my yeah, podcast. Nothing matters. Read, read the universe doesn't give a flying fuck, yeah. and then you'll understand why we did it. At the yeah, end. exactly. It's my podcast, and I do what I want. So uh, <laughs> we're gonna. I'm gonna say, bring us in, Paul, and you're gonna say, welcome to. And then together we're going to say Coco Caliente. All right. Love that. All right. So bring us in, Paul. Welcome to Coco Coco Caliente. (laughs) Good job. Good job. I think the fucks in there really emphasize what we're trying to do. So (laughs) Coco Coco Caliente. (laughs) Oh, man. Great talking to you, dude. All smiles. Love you, bro. I'm so happy. I I love you too, dog. I'll talk to you soon. I'll make sure I come out. Um, yeah, you better. Don't don't leave me on a cliffhanger no, no. over here. I ain't just saying it. I'll come out, bro. We'll do something. All right, you better. Love you, Vic. Thanks <laughs> for the call, bro. Love you, Omi. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao, brother. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, 
planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.